Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Kate Bear is the author of I Hope This Finds You Well, Poems. Her first book, What Kind of Woman, was a number one New York Times instant bestseller and featured in publications such as Harper's Bazaar, Vogue.com, and the Chicago Review. She is based on the East Coast and is an author and poet. Her work has also been published in Romper, Lit Hub, and the New York Times. Welcome, Kate. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss I Hope This Finds You Well poems. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So, Kate, you are the number one New York Times bestselling author of What Kind of Woman. And then you followed it up with something even better, perhaps, <laughs> which is this very unique take on how to read, how to pull poetry out of sometimes the most distasteful prose that there could be, and sometimes just regular prose. But you have this gift of making art out of words, really. I mean, I guess that's what poetry comes down to. <laughs> tell, tell listeners a little bit about how this started and this whole like social media comment. Just explain it better than me because I'm, I'm not doing a good job. Oh, sure. No problem. Also, your bookshelf behind you is so beautiful. I know it's like a divisive topic on the internet about bookshelves and if she should arrange them by color, but I I do that. I, I love it. I think it looks really nice. Thank you. Well, I hate to be anyway. divisive in any I hate to be divisive in any way, but <laughs> I thought it was it looks really nice. Yeah. So I hope this finds you well. It's kind of a surprise book for me. I wrote What Kind of Woman and then signed a book deal for another collection of poetry that will be kind of like that. And then this one kind of popped up in between there. So it's been kind of wild to put this book out just because I didn't expect it. It really just started out on a whim. It it felt like a party trick for a while, like, oh, sure, I can make some of these erasure (laughs) poems. But it wasn't like, oh, I'd like to write a whole book of them. I'm so thankful that I've, that people have been reading it and and purchasing it or checking it out from the library. And I I do like the result. I, I like the book, but writing it was kind of tricky and kind of fraught with lots of feelings. It was also like 
peak lockdown when I wrote it. And so <laughs> there were times when all my kids were home and I was trying to put this book together and homeschool them. Anyway, that's not what you asked me, but that's okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. The, the initial erasure poetry, kind of the beginning of that was right around when George Floyd was murdered. I was kind of posting about police reform and things like that, which I think a lot of people, it was such a contentious time Rightfully so, but I, I wasn't surprised that there were people kind of coming in to my messages, you know, arguing with me. That's that's pretty typical. But this one woman wrote to me and I was kind of like looking through them and deleting them and I was reading hers and it kind of stuck out to me in a new way. So I took a screenshot of it and hid her identity and then made a poem out of it and posted it really on a whim. There was no forethought. It just I just kind of did it. And the response to that was really strong, which I think proves, you know, how there are a lot of people at odds with other people on the internet. And and then of course, in your, in real life with people you actually know. So yeah, I kind of just kept doing it because I couldn't stop. It was, it, it started to become this thing where I would like see like poems like that everywhere, not just in my messages. And so I, I was posting some of those and was approached you know, to do a book of them, which I, I did say no to a few times, but ultimately glad that it worked out. Wow. Part of, I mean, a, a large part of this book is taking comments apart, right? And it's a commentary on comments, right? A yeah. commentary on the the feeling that people have the right to just speak their minds about your most intimate work and that you should take the time to then read it. And some is good and some comments were just ridiculous. I know that it's hard to keep a sort of thick skin, right? When you're writing for the public and everything, but how, how do you do it? Like, is this the device you use to sort of like cope with the meanness out there? Or like when you write something beautiful and intimate and then somebody writes a comment that is just not nice. Like how, how do you even, how do you deal with it as like a modern day poet? I think there for a brief period, it is how I coped with it. I was also writing this book. And so uh, there was a time when I was getting these messages that I was like, great, could you use some more nouns? Could you use some more adjectives? Like throw (laughs) me a bone here. I'm trying to write a book. And there was some, there was a bit of, I don't know, some cathartic moments writing it. And and certainly there have been times when I have felt like, okay, I got the last word. But in general, I don't find that being on the internet more helps with kind of the downtroddenness of it in general. I, I find that just getting off line and being with real people who know the real me, which sounds kind of cliche, but that is the best coping mechanism, not being on the internet more. Yes. Well, that makes total sense. Some of these I just wanted to, there's one about relentless motherhood. Can I just read this or is it too long to read? Can I read part of it at least? Oh, you're welcome to read anything. Sure. Okay. This is on relentless motherhood. Hi, Kate. I got your lovely book of poems for Christmas and I barely had a moment to read them. See, I just had my second baby boy on 10-29. We live in New Orleans, and he was born right after a hurricane and days on end of the power being out. And then she goes on and she says, most days I can laugh about the fact that dirty diapers are left on the kitchen table, that there is never a moment to think, that my clothes are constantly covered in bodily fluids, but today I broke. 
It was actually my husband who broke first, ironically, in his haste and stress from the shitty morning of parenting, he broke a picture frame. And you talked about that. Then she talked about that, rather, and says, it's just another morning in a thousand mornings. It will probably all be forgotten tomorrow when there are new diapers to change and more ABCs to sing. But today, it felt like too much. Enter your poems. I have stolen away to my room, and when I read the line, nothing in this world can prepare you for this love's suffering, for joy and loneliness, I started to cry. I felt seen. You put words to my day, to my life as a mother, and it was so therapeutic to know I'm not alone in the agony and ecstasy of it all, That bl- this blistering love for our babies and all that it entails. Thank you for your words. And then at the end, she says, also to clarify, my ex, my husband accidentally broke the picture frame because he was so frazzled. He's not a shithead. Anyways, thank you. And then you and your like erasure poems format translated that to, I cried, it's just another morning. But it felt like agony and ecstasy, this blistering love and all that it entails. That's just so awesome. I mean, it's just so cool. It's it's just so cool. Both both sides of this are so cool. <laughs> Thank you. How do you feel like reading them back? How do you like, does this give you do you get that same sense of calm with your own work that like you bestow onto others? Does it make you calm to write? I mean, to write. And to read my own work feels like two totally different things. But when you read that, I was like, I felt emotional. I I haven't read that since I I put that in there. So almost a year ago, I, I don't like read my own books <laughs> and I don't ever read that one at events only because it's long. So I haven't heard that or <laughs> spent any time with that piece or a year. Yeah. It's the last time I probably looked at it was last January. So that was really cool. Yeah. No, I don't. I do not read my own work at all to feel a sense of calm or peace, but that was lovely. How did you realize you were a poet? Like where where did this come from? I don't know. It's funny because my parents, and maybe this is just something that parents say, when I started to publish poetry, they were like, we always knew this. You know, they kind of, again, this is something that maybe parents just say, like this was always you. I mean, I was always writing poetry, but not in a professional sense, but I don't know, for them, it felt like a full circle moment, maybe even more than it did for me. But yeah, I, I had always read it and written it, but not in a way like sharing it or trying to get it published or anything like that. So that, that is only recently, which has been a huge surprise because before this, I was writing everything but poetry. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. I, I do feel that this, that the format of poetry and, and the boiled down storytelling is very much in my wheelhouse. Not that I think, oh, I'm this incredible poet, but it's more the feeling of like, oh, this is, this is how I like to tell a story. Wow. And what was your, what was it like growing up for you? Did you write, did, I mean, your parents obviously saw this coming. So did you have a notebook in your hand most of the time? Like where did writing fit in with your day-to-day life? Like what was your, what was like a, a typical third grade, fifth grade you? Oh my what, gosh. What did you look like? <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I looked like such a dork, which is great. It's so wonderful to get to be an adult and look back at that and realize, wow, what a, for lack of a better word, blessing to be such a dumb idiot kid. Like (laughs) I'm so glad I, I, I bloomed so late, you know, I'm so (laughs) glad I didn't get my period until I was in high school. I played with dolls until like fifth grade. 
I was just, I was in dreamland, to be honest. And in second and third grade, especially, I was just so involved in my own imagination, but in a very egotistical way. I just, I was very much in my own bubble. And I was absolutely writing stories, lots of stories, a lot of themes around cats. I don't know. I just, I think that's not a particularly unique childhood to be like that. It's not that. It's just, I look back at that and think, well, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) How great to be lost like that and just, you know, unaware that it's very uncool to write about cats and wear cat jumpers. I mean, there are probably a lot of people out there who feel like that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Still cool to me. (laughs) You have the other one I thought in this book that was so good. There was one about Donald Trump and I can't find it now, but on the right, you just wrote, just go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Oh, here it is. Relieving the White House from Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump to Mike Pence. You can either go down in history as a patriot, Mr. Trump told him, according to two people briefed on the conversation, or you can go down in history as a pussy. And then on the other side, the words you took out, you just wrote, you can go. (laughs) Yeah, those are the fun ones to write. Online. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use, so I got it, and now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you, and it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose a 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and It makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Do you find yourself doing this still? Like these erasure, do you, or is this like, okay, I'm, I'm done here, but like, <laughs> Do, do you like look at text now? Because now I feel like I'm going to start looking at text and wanting to yeah. try to do what you're doing. Oh, totally. I, I I do still do it. I don't. I like to say I'm no longer taking submissions. Like <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want anyone's mean messages by by any means. But uh, yeah, I, I do still do it. Yeah, awesome. So you referenced at the beginning that you have another book some more similar to your first book. So tell me about, about those two and like how they relate and what's coming next and all of that. Sure. Yeah. So three books, three years in a row, three Novembers in a row. So we, 
crossed off the first two. So the third one comes out this November. I'm writing it as we speak. <laughs> it's almost finished. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it's much more in the vein of what kind of woman. And I think is a continuation of that, but maybe just a little bit different. I'll have to, we'll have to see what it ends up looking like. <laughs> What's the name of that? I don't know. You, you tell me. <laughs> if you have any ideas, send me your list. Okay. I mean, I, I would have to read it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, I have no idea. No, I have no idea. And the marketing team would like to have a list of my top, you know, five suggestions by Friday. Oh, tomorrow. And I don't have one. So that maybe that's what I'll be doing after this. <laughs> I could probably help you. I'm not even kidding. I could try. Sometimes I'm good with titles. You can send me whatever. Oh, yeah. I can skin. I could try. If you want I might to do that mini challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. We're doing that now with some of the books. I started this publishing company with Lee Newman and we have 12 books coming out starting in 2023. So there. Oh, that's awesome. We left that we're, we've been playing with the names and that's been super fun. So yeah. 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 Deep in the title (laughs) world. (laughs) I may utilize you for this task. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know. Your other titles are fantastic though. So (laughs) how old are your kids by the way? 10, 8, 5, and 3. Yeah. Wow. I have four kids too. So. <gasps> oh, do you? What are, how old are they? I have 14 and a half year old twins and then eight and seven. Oh my goodness. 14. So what I'm are they? A little what? bit ahead of you, but not much. <laughs> boys, boys or girls? I have two of each. Two of each. Yeah. Cool. What do you have? Wow. Three boys and a girl. Wow. So you know what a circus it is to have four and you have twins. So you're, you're really, you're really doing it there. Yes. With the twins. But, but the twins were first though. So was that worse or better to get it over with? Did worse. you feel like when you had one, were <laughs> you like, worse. oh, this is so much better? Yeah. Well, when I had one, I was like, oh, yay. I'm finally going to get to have like one kid. Like everybody else got to have first, right. you know, the kid I could like wear like a purse on my arm, you know, like, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. take with me with the car seat as opposed yeah. to like, here I yeah. am with like this giant contraption with like two kids and oh my God, it was, yeah. And so I was really enjoying that. And then when she was like eight months old and I had finally stopped nursing and I was out and about, then I found out I was pregnant again. And I was like, oh my God, I just wanted the one kid. No, I'm kidding. But yeah. anyway, it was short-lived. So then my next, yeah. but I mean, I'm delighted now, of course, it's like, Well, you don't have to say that. My fourth was a surprise and it was very traumatizing. It was terrible experience. I mean, yeah, now that he's here and around, he's fine. Love, I love you. But wow, it is. I've talked to so many people about this. It's like we have to, yes, of course you love your child, but the unplanned pregnancy when you have other children is, can be really upsetting because you're already drowning. I, for me, having a fourth was like, I've already been pushed off the cliff and I'm down in the water and I'm trying to keep my head above water. And then someone just hands me a bag of bricks. And it's like, well, I can't do this. I yeah. can't keep trying to stay above water. And then I'll also hold this bag of bricks. So anyway, we're both still here, but yeah, what a journey. No, I had that same initial thought. I was like, and I'm like, I'm not one of those really cool laid back moms who has no. four kids. Like, I'm no, not like that. same, right? Like, people, everything... do people assume that about you? Yeah. When they, like, what, do people assume that? I think that people assume that about 
mothers of four, they think, oh, they must be this, this, and this, because I think people who purposefully choose to have a lot of kids probably are more laid back, but I'm not, I'm not that person. So (laughs) I'm not that person either. (laughs) I was, I literally like, yeah, I went into my doctor and I was like crying. She's like, there are options. And I was like, no, I don't need options. Like, no, I'm going (laughs) to have this baby. I'm going to love him and it's all going to be great. But like, I don't know. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, yeah, I I don't think I can do it. I just don't think so. Anyway. Yeah. But, and turns out (laughs) it's like one of the best things about our family, you know? So good. But yeah, but there were, there have been and are lots of tears. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That, that it's that, it's that space of like, this is so wonderful, but still really hard. <laughs> you, I don't know. Humans, I think, sometimes have a hard time remembering you can have those two feelings at the same time. You know, like the Daniel Tiger song, and I, you can have two feelings at the same time, and it's okay. I'm yeah. like, I have to sing that to myself all the time because <laughs> I can appreciate and be grateful for for kids while also just feeling like, wow, this is for too many. (laughs) (laughs) I think not that it's made me more laid back, but it's made me see that I can't affect change in the same way. Like with the, when I only had the two, not only, I mean, it was still a lot. When I, when I, when I had, like, if one of them had a tantrum, like that's what I was doing. You know, like I was in it, like not, like I was trying to manage it. Like I was there. Yeah. And now, literally, I can do what they said in the books that I was supposed to like fake doing, which is like, you know, don't really care, go somewhere else yeah. or ignore it. Oh, I'm literally like, okay, if you want a tantrum, I, I've told you 57 times, I'm not changing yeah. my mind about the iPad. If you would like yeah. to spend your time tantruming, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. But I'm going to go walk yeah. over there and spend time with your sister right now and like have fun with your tantrum. And then usually yeah. they end. <laughs> I know. Isn't it so funny? But you have to get pushed for me too. You had, I had to get pushed to the point of like, I literally can't manage these things. So yes. it's easier to walk away. It's so much yeah. easier once you get past that point. You're like, well, I can't help. I can't help all these people. So some of you will have to cry Yep, and yeah. work it out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I literally was sitting in my daughter's floor. Sorry, this is like so off topic from your book. But anyway, I was sitting there and we were listening oh, to like please. the two little guys fight in the next room. And she's like, they're fighting. Aren't you going to go in there? And I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Same. I was like, I think they're going to work it out. You know, sometimes you just have to let yeah. them work it out. And she looked at me like, what? Cause like, of course I never let her work anything out with her brother. Right. Anyway. Right. And then like suddenly they were calm. She's like, oh my gosh, they're not fighting anymore. I'm like, yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I I have this same experience all the time or or I'll have people come over who, who like aren't used to that and they'll hear like a big loud explosion of crying and fighting and they'll be like, oh my gosh. Sometimes they'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, my ears are, or, and, and they will say to me, you remain so unchanged. You know, I, I, I don't even flinch. I'm just still talking in the conversation that, you know, I'm having with her because I, I have had to tune so much out. You can't absorb four people's emotions and crying and everything all the time, or you'll die. Uh, you can't, it's like impossible. The human cannot withstand four emotions, uh, strong emotions all the time. Yeah. Let alone you and the partner and whatever else. Exactly. I feel like that's why for me and maybe for you, like I love to write. I love to read. I I need to like go somewhere else when I'm not anywhere else. Exactly. Same. Serves a good function. 
but anyway. Okay, well, back to writing. Do you <laughs> do you have any advice for aspiring authors, poets out there, or whatever, or moms who just found out they're having four kids? Oh my goodness. Childcare for all those things. I would say my answer to all of those topics is childcare, which <laughs> is complex because childcare involves money, which is something that lit people never talk about, never want to talk about. Not you. I- I'm saying just in general, in the lit world, money is like this thing everyone just shelves. <laughs> when really to have childcare, you need money. So I don't want it to make it seem like, oh, just get childcare. Like it doesn't involve work and figuring that out. But for me, that is the answer to everything. Writing, reading, breathing, being a person. <laughs> Amazing. Excellent. All right. Well, you go try to finish your book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good luck I, with that. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's my fault. I I put myself in this position and I can get out of it. I, I'm I'm almost there. It's just the the home stretch is always hard because it feels like impossible, but I know it is. It's just we're coming down to it here. So uh it's just been putting in long days and this was so lovely to take a break from that and and chat. <laughs> That's this is great. I was like, oh, I I can stop for a bit. So this was lovely. <laughs> if you want me to schedule some pretend no. <laughs> you know, podcast, I could just turn on Zoom. It's like could, therapy. Pop in. <laughs> okay, yeah. This still, this really felt like a therapy session. I, I feel much better. So oh, thank good. you. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Awesome. This was lovely. Um, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It was so nice to get to know you, Kate. <laughs> yeah, same. All right. Good See luck ya. with the title. And I wasn't really kidding about that. So, you know, thank I'm you. Happy to stand. I may email okay. you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 